shit's kind of grim, huh? Um, it's been a while since I knew how to do, and not since I knew how, just since I've done an episode of the podcast. I think, um, I guess this is the season finale of season one of the podcast. I think that was a decision I made. I feel like 30 is a good like round number for a season if we're not using time. You know what I mean? If we're not maintaining a, a regular schedule anymore. Fucking, and dude, I... You know, I guess this, the the podcast, the premise is that it's coming out a few months in the future, and um, I don't know, man, suddenly the the premise of uh, Trump being elected president and then kind of catastrophe ensuing, suddenly that started to seem a lot less funny, you know, a lot less fun. It stopped seeming like the sort of thing to play with. It sort of turned into a... I want to say it was like a big like block of cheese that I was stuck in that I had to figure out how to chew my way out of, but that doesn't, like that's not a thing, like that doesn't happen, you know, it's rare for someone to need to chew their way out of a block of cheese, um, just felt like a constraint, I guess, um, but I guess to catch you up, I, I was in California, California fell into the sea, um, as was prophesied by the progressive metal band Tool. Um, it drove across the country. Just, just thinking a lot, dude. Thinking a lot about this fucking post-environmental apocalypse world. Um, thinking a lot about like, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. The thing where sort of like post-apocalyptic survival or like post-apocalyptic um like scavenging like that stuff can sort of can function similarly to like a like manifest destiny or like a um I don't know like a nothing was here before we colonized it kind of perspective I feel like I'm not an authority on like Israel and Palestine but I feel like from people who I know and trust who know more than I do it seems like that's sort of the Israel perspective there was nothing here and so we put our country here similarly to the United States right where we kind of tell the story that there was nothing really here until we showed up and made it into a country like there were some indigenous people but like you know whatever who cares like that kind of thing similarly I feel like um it's not the same story exactly, but that same impulse of, like, there's only our, like, small band of plucky individualists or, like, plucky resistors or whatever, and we're, like, making do in this barren landscape just feels like, I don't know, like, colonizer bullshit, right? And so, like, here we are again finding out that colonizer bullshit, like, that, like, mindset is producing the busted shit which then we produce which is not to say that like the whole premise of Image and Watch's classic films is necessarily bullshit just thinking about this like this narrative of like here I am 
after the apocalypse, scavenging, and there are like sort of other people around, but sort of not, and really kind of sitting with that over the course of the like few days that it took me to drive across the country, and um, I got back to New England, which had ri which has risen from the sea, right? And originally I left New England uh, because it was sinking into the sea, or maybe it had sunk into the sea, I forget, but um, it's back. New England is back, although it's it's weird, man. It's weird in New England, and it's some of it is in ways that are like quantifiable, and you can make sense, you know what I mean? Like, it was underwater for six months, a year. It was underwater for a while. And normally you'd think that that would like, like trees and like plants and like houses and all the things that are, that like make up the New England landscape would be, um, like trees would die. I guess not so much like houses and buildings and that kind of stuff, but like, I guess because of the way that environmental collapse played out like maybe it's something to do with radiation I don't know what the deal is but um, trees didn't die trees are back but they're weird dude they, they're like kind of like underwatery coral like all these trees look like themselves but kind of don't look like themselves they look like this like, like gross like queasy version of themselves um like, I can't even, like, are they still photo th photosynthesizing? Like, they probably, right? But maybe not. I don't know, dude. I got back here, and it was weird, and it was desolate. Like, these houses, similarly, like, they look like themselves, but they're not. It's like, and you start to wonder, you're like, is this, do I have that thing where the part of your brain gets a lesion in it, and then, like, the people that you know and, like, recognize your brain just can't recognize them as those people, and so the only story it can figure out to tell is of, like, you, these people look like the people that I know and love, but they're not. They're, they've come, like, they've replaced the people that I love with, like, imposters. Um, I don't think I have that kind of brain lesion necessarily. It's just this feeling. It's just like, I don't know, it's like this, like, zeitgeist, right? Or like, it's just what it's like to be here. The sky is continually this like, they keep using the word queasy, but it's this like queasy, like yellow, green color that like sort of looks like, um, like be before a tornado, I think they say, the sky has this weird green cast. Sometimes, um, you know, you'll have these like enormous, storms that are like maybe hurricanes or maybe just like approaching hurricane but not quite a hurricane or like you know I grew up in the northeast of the United States where hurricanes that would start down south off the coast would like make their way up and by the time they got to us they weren't really like as intense as they had been but they would still come out and you know the wind would be like whipping branches off trees and stuff and and the sky there was just this like feeling that like something was happening um, before that came, I remember being in like junior high and having a friend who, who would just like, in a storm like that, would run out into the yard in, you know, his like stupid like plaid like junior high boy shorts and t-shirt and like throw his arms wide and just like let the storm like lash at him. Um, and 
like that felt good that felt like you know like cleansing weather is about to come through and just like you know not necessarily cleansing but it felt like like natural like just like this weather is going to come and it's going to be real and we're going to be human inside of it it's going to be like a moment to exist in um it feels like the like like being back in new england feels like the um like the flip side versus like the opposite of that like just like it feels it feels gross and weird and like worse is coming um and i got here and he and um people had fucking black lives matter signs all over the place when I got back. Like, I got back to where I'm staying in New England and the air feels, like, weird and kind of greasy and everything is nasty and, like, um, like, stayed in the the cave the first night and woke up the next morning. I was like, all right, I guess it's time to, like, start back up. Like, I gotta find things to eat, right? Like, I've gotta, like, do something in my day. So, like, got the, like, vulture shit going again and, and just driving around the fucking, like... This, this is happening in podcast world, but this shit also, the like real life version of this also happened where I got to like Southern Vermont, like Western, like Southwest New Hampshire, like the area where I've been and just like there is resistance going on, dude. Like there is people giving fucks about each other, right? In a way that like you lose track of when all you're doing is working, when all you can think of to do is like put one foot in front of the other in the same way that you've been doing like for as long as you can remember since like you internalized this like the equation that like characterizes capitalism, right? Which is like I have to do work so that I deserve to continue to live. You know what I mean? Um, And when everything else collapses and that's like your core value, I feel like that's like um, kind of like business seminar language to talk about core values but when you can't help it when that's just like you know what what's at your uh, in the middle of you when everything else is kind of um like whittled away outside of that it's real easy to lose track of the fact that there are fucking other people in the world um working hard to make shit be okay you know what I mean and so been thinking a lot about how consistent that stuff is with the narrative of like on the one hand the like lone scavenger in the like barren wasteland right and on the other hand like I don't know like like I can't connect with other people I can't ask for support I can't provide support and uh, where all this is going is just like I mean it's not going fucking anywhere I'm just talking but um, just thinking like there have always been people around like it's been a question the whole time fucking uh, does the premise of this podcast include there being a lot of other replicants around or very few other replicants around and like these like vultures that we've talked about like a lot of vultures um and I think that, that just what I'm realizing is that it's, it's, there's, there's gotta be a fucking reorientation with thinking going on, right? And like, 
just feel like it's so easy for me to forget that I exist within a community that like actively wants to give a fuck about me, right? And at the same time, it's really easy for me to buy into this story, which was the story before everything fell apart and like, I guess, continued for me to be the story after everything fell apart, which isn't like, not like a like heroic American, like Marlboro man, like individual who doesn't need anybody else. Like I feel like that really obvious version uh, the like is like a kind of masculinity that's really easy to recognize and um, and reject, but like kind of like a version of that, kind of this thing. I mean, I know that a lot of people who struggle with mental health stuff are like it's just so common to to have that mental health stuff be about like I learned early on that I can't rely on other people and therefore I feel like I need to carry the weight of the world on my own shoulders and like that doesn't work that's not sustainable none of us is fucking atlas we can't carry the weight of the world on our own shoulders like we are a kind of monster that exists in community you know what I mean like the individual person going around scavenging and then watching movies alone is like I don't know it's gonna feel shitty right like it's like it's like probably we've talked about this thing again I tend to associate a lot of this stuff with masculinity and sort of an internalized like masculinity that you like kind of struggle to reject no matter who you are um it's like not actually only about masculinity but like tends to manifest specifically and most recognizably in masculinity of just like that thing that like I don't need to exist in community and part of it too is that it's hard to exist in community right if you're if you're trans if you're kind of marginalized in a lot of different ways especially like talking about New England right which is like very very white even though a lot of the I think the people who were white here who went uh, whatever that's probably a tangent not worth going on what I was gonna say and maybe I stand by this and maybe I don't it's just that a lot of the people who formerly would have identified as being white in New England who spent the last like six months or a year underwater have come out not technically the color that they were everybody's got this like greenish like queasy tinge to them but you know again it's a function of whiteness that it's not about skin color actually it's about sort of a class of people maintaining privilege over everybody else through whatever fucking stories they can tell to maintain that privilege all of that is kind of an aside which is is just to say um nothing is just to say anything I think more than anything New England going underwater and then coming back up and coming back to it and being like, wow, everything is weird. Everything is kind of sad. Like, nobody wants to have... I mean, sometimes we want to have gills, right? There's nothing... It's not weird to wish that you could have gills, but just, like, when you go underwater for six months and then you come back and you have gills and you're not underwater anymore and then, like, you sort of, like, miss being an aquatic creature because there were things about it that were, like cool and novel and interesting but also like you can't live your water or you can't live your life on land 
and un underwater like at the same time like you could split your time I guess I don't know I'm not even speaking like I don't have gills maybe I'll end up with gills maybe it's an environmental thing instead of specifically being underwater probably not um yeah that's not that's different from what I've got going on in my body right now um it's just like it's just it's it's sad but also like this is the fucking world we live in right like it's not actually surprising it's sad to be like everything felt relatively stable and we knew which way was up and like we're pretty comfortable in the ways that we were resisting and again I can only speak for myself even though I'm using first person plural here um, I think I got comfortable and you know it's like always easy and fun to be like capitalism is bullshit and then like not be uncomfortable you know what I mean and I feel like this is just a reminder that like the world is a fucked up and wild place where weird shit happens right um, and it's really interesting to feel like things were relatively stable since you were a kid and that God, I'm really all over the place here but it feels like things were like felt relatively stable and that's probably true and not true like to feel like they've been pretty stable for a long time and then suddenly like things are different like in, in a lot of ways things are not fucking different right like in a lot of ways they're like the shittiest most powerful representatives of toxic masculinity and wealth and privilege are playing their games on a global level and the rest of us are just stuck like dealing with the fallout right like that nothing has fucking changed there like this is all about oil right and like oil prices and people not like sort of I mean it's interesting right you think about Donald Trump before he was elected appealing to people who don't want things to change as if Donald Trump can make things not change right and then he gets in office and then things change pretty drastically and again here I'm talking more about the environmental collapse that happened in this podcast than I am about like literal things that have changed outside of it because who fucking knows what's going to happen with that but probably all that shit is related do you see my point this is all pretty pretty disconnected pretty all over the place pretty um I don't know, man, I don't, I don't have a thesis. I don't have anything to tell you, except that fucking, I gotta leave the house more, right? I was talking about leaving the house more, and that can be hard when you're trans and, like, people are dicks to trans people, right? And, like, I feel like for me, and maybe for you too, like, getting out of the house is gonna be fucking crucial moving forward, right? Like, sharing our outrage on Twitter, like, building building a living out of the garbage that's like been left behind by the jerks like those things to different different extents like I feel like expressing our outrage on Twitter at this point is fucking useless whereas building a life out of the garbage of the jerks is like always going to be a really important important thing to be able to do but we just I don't know, man. I forgot. And part of this was in L.A., too. L.A. was was lonely. Everybody says their first time they go to L.A. for any time is really lonely. And I'm only realizing now how true that was. And so realizing, like, not just in the wake of getting back to New England and finding it to be kind of a, like, 
different kind of nightmare hellscape than it's been in the past. Oh, that's not really a nightmare hellscape. It's not like, like nothing bad has happened. You know what I mean? It's just felt like ominous and, and strange. It's weird to go, you know, to look out the front of the cave in the morning and be like, I don't recognize those trees. You know what I mean? Like it's unnerving, but, um, where was I going a second ago? I feel like I lost my train of thought. I guess all I'm saying is there are a lot more fucking replicants out there than I think I've even been letting myself understand. And so, you know, she exploded. But it was cool when I was in California and I bumped into that, like, that girl who had been like mauled by cyborg dogs and was dying and we got to talk about Howard the Duck you know what I mean that was like that was a highlight like that's important shit and when we talk about resisting or adapting or like figuring out how to move forward when things feel weird like I know this is like anarchist activism 101 or like you know giving a shit about shit no giving a fuck about shit 101 like that stuff but I don't know, man. Again, this is just me talking to myself, but also maybe talking to you. Although, I don't even know if anybody here, like, you know, this gets sent to the dickholes. But, like, you know, maybe maybe you're listening to this and you're not a dickhole. Or maybe you're trying not to be a dickhole, right? Um, I don't know. Take that for what it's worth. We should hang out, I guess, is my point. Um, so, that said, Nocturnal Animals is fucking trash, dude, it's awful. It's, here's the plot of Nocturnal Animals. Um, sort of, um, I'll tell you the plot in terms of the events of the plot, not the way, not the order of the film, because the film sort of does a, like, now it's like split into two stories one of which is like the actual story in the real world which centers around a novel in the movie and then the other sort of like the dramatized events in the novel that the character in the real world is reading um so the story in sequence is that there's a woman and she's dating this guy and they're both young and i think in grad school she's like doing something about art and he wants to be a writer and um, she, I think she gets pregnant, um, has an abortion. He doesn't want her to. They break up. Oh, she also, he wanted to be a writer, but she was not supportive enough of him, right? Um, and so they broke up and she wound up getting with somebody else and they're dating. And then the guy that she broke up with, like, has written this novel. He has become a writer and he sends her the manuscript. And so she's reading it. And the manuscript is really just this, like, macho, like, it's a story about this guy who's, like, driving on one of those, like, long, dark, two-lane highways in, I think, Texas, where there's, like, not that much, like, buildings as you're driving for a really long time. There's just these really long stretches of two-lane highway, and these dudes are, like, there's this just this long opening scene where these, like tough guy jerk dudes are like being jerks from their cars they're all driving and then they bump into each other and then they pull over and then 
like the tension of the scene is really about it's that thing that I fucking hate so much where it's like will they or won't they like sexually assault these women um and thankfully the the I mean thankfully it happens off screen but they do they wind up like sexually assaulting and murdering this guy's wife and daughter and then he's very upset and then he winds up not being able to do anything about it and then the cop who's like on this case is like helping him but he's kind of a loose cannon and sort of one by one I think they wind up like picking off and murdering these dudes and it's all like very like emotionally complicated in this really like manly way right like is it okay to like have revenge on these guys and like of course it is because these guys are like the bad kind of masculinity that would like violate like the fucking uh unspoken truces of what is appropriate masculinity versus what is evil masculinity and so like it's like bad bad man versus two like good bad men you know what I mean um and as she's reading this the woman who like received the manuscript who's the protagonist she like um is getting really into it and what she realizes as she's reading it is that he's good at writing and she should have had faith in him as a writer and so the movie ends with her being like holy shit your book was really good um no she breaks up with her current partner um and then emails the guy who wrote the book to be like I want to get with like I want to get back with you and she's like come meet me at this restaurant so we can get together again but he never shows up and so she's just left there and we're supposed to feel something who knows what the fuck we're supposed to feel as she's there like do we feel bad for her because she realized that she should have stayed with that guy because he's a good writer like that's what made him like he's good at writing a story in which metaphorically he murders her and the like child that um or the like fetus that she aborted that he didn't want her to do like think about this movie for five fucking seconds and it's basically there was this twitter account back when twitter existed called guy and your mfa who is the like self-righteous shitty dude who thought he was a great writer who was really just a super shitty dude um it's like that guy man it's like okay what is this story the story is she's a bitch who should have supported him when he was bad at writing but instead she like had an abortion without his permission and broke up with him um and then he wrote a novel that was so fucking good right that it made her realize what a bitch she had been not to support him when he was uh like struggling young like writing student but he like heroically prevailed by writing such a good novel that showed her what a bitch she was because she should have known how great he was and once she realizes that he's so great because he's so good at writing novels where women are like sexually assaulted and murdered like he's like ha too late sorry like you can't get with me like I you had your chance and you blew it so like if you're gonna take anything away from this movie into the real world it's that like young women should support support shitty young dudes as they're like trying to own these women and boss them around and make them do whatever they want right it's like it's fucking it's reprehensible dude it's so gross and like I feel like the trick that they did was making the woman the protagonist but like all that really does is make this reprehensible story like one degree removed from what it actually is you know what I mean like who the fuck is she she's this like 
big deal art curator person in New York. I think there's a scene set in the Guggenheim. There's also this thing that happens in the opening where like this like kind of like circusy music is playing and there's all these like older like fat women dancing with no clothes on except for these like majorette hats on and you're kind of like what what is this supposed to accomplish right and when you first put on the movie and you don't know anything about it it's like okay these are not a type of body that we get to see on screen that much right these are like I don't know, this is probably a much, no, this is unquestionably a much more common body type than what we usually see on the screen. But, like, what are you trying to do here? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, it feels a little bit unnerving because they're bodies that you don't see that often and you want to give the movie the benefit of the doubt, right? You want to be like, oh, you're doing something cool by showing us these movies, or these bodies. Um, you know, dancing, and like, it's weird, but also just like, it opens on this note of like, I don't trust that you're doing this for good reasons. And then when the movie shows itself to be just this misogynist fantasy about this woman who like should have known better than to like do any things that this man didn't want her to do when she was younger, um, it really casts this opening in this light. It's like, oh, this movie is super misogynist. Like that's the point of this movie. And therefore like how are you going to view this opening through any other lens and therefore like the opening just becomes this phenomenal like hatred of women's bodies which then because of that like tonal consistency or like thematic consistency makes you want to be like are you saying something interesting about misogyny here instead of just being super misogynist but I haven't been able to figure out anything that the movie might have been saying that's interesting at all. So, yeah, man, so fuck this movie. Um, oh, shit. Whoa. We just had to stop at the traffic light pretty hard, and there's like a thump. Um, yeah, I don't even know if I've got anything more to say about it. It's just like, I mean, it's beautiful but who cares right like it's like well like shot beautifully and like the blacks of night in the desert like um the colors that they use are really like deep and cool and even that scene with the like naked women dancing is like it's beautiful or would be beautiful if it wasn't a bunch of jerks making it for jerk reasons so yeah man fucking nocturnal animals fuck this movie so much um and i guess lastly i think i have space rabies all right truck that's and dickholes that's it Imogen Benny on Twitter. This song is by People Watching. That other song was by Gorgon. Fuck capitalism and fuck your internalized colonizer mindset. See ya.
straight out to the very 